Happy Easter to you. As Jim said, my name is Kieran. I'm one of the, one of the ministers, one of the pastors here. And just to start, I would like to read from Matthew's account of Jesus' life. We heard it brilliantly read and seen the video of it being read at the start of our time this morning. And I just want to pick up on on two verses from Matthew chapter 28 and verses 5 and verses 6. The context is that Jesus has been crucified. He's been buried in a tomb. There's been a violent earthquake. An angel of the Lord has come down. The stone's been rolled away. Jesus has risen from the grave. The Roman guards who were there, the irony of it, it said they were like dead men, and yet Jesus was alive. And there's this moment as these two women, both called Mary, are confronted with this scene. And the angel that's there in verse 5 says, The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Let me just pray together before we spend a few moments looking at this. Father, we thank you for these words that you've given us. We thank you, God, that Jesus Christ rose from the grave. We thank you that you're alive, Jesus. We thank you that you love every single person. The sound of my voice, either sitting here today, watching this on YouTube, downloading it on iTunes. God, I thank you. You love the world so much. God, I pray in these moments, may your spirit speak to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, as Dom said, I don't know for many of you here as I look out, some faces I recognize, some I don't. I have no idea what your story is. God knows your story. I don't know if whether, like Dom said, you haven't been to church for years or you come every now and again or maybe you've never been. Maybe you've walked in this morning and thought, I've never been to church and I'm never coming back. You know, I don't know what your story is. I don't know if you know this, but um, we, we get a lot of people that come to this building. Not only do we have our Sunday morning services in the in, We've had one already with hundreds and hundreds of people here. Uh, but during the week, we have maybe between one and 2,000 people come through the doors of this building for various things. So we've got keep fit classes that happen. We've got business meetings, conferences. Uh, there's people coming for support groups and addiction recovery services. All sorts of people use the building and hire the building, apart from us having it as a church. Remember a little while ago, Uh, One of the privileges is that I get to meet all sorts of people. And a little while ago, we were having some work done in the car park. And there were two guys turned up to do that. They were uh, working really, really hard and came in for a break. So I said, look, why don't I make you a cup of tea? They're really grateful for that. Uh, They're great big guys. Uh, Not only did I make them a cup of tea, but we'd had a business meeting the night before. And we had loads of leftover canapes. 
which, do you know what canapes, you know those little things that you eat and they never quite fill you up, you know, those really tasty things. So they're standing there having a cup of tea and we're kind of like having this moment where they're in their kind of fluoro trousers, great big guys, huge muscles, and we're kind of like having canapes together and chatting. And it was just one of those really strange moments. And then one of the guys, this guy called Simon, and both from the north of England, they come down to work down here. This guy, Simon, he, he says to me, so he goes, so this is like a church. And I showed him this room, which obviously is, you know, foolish now. It's empty then. He goes, what, you meet in here as a church? And I said, yeah. So he said, how many people do you have coming to your church? I said, I don't know, maybe four, five, six. So he's seen four, five, or six people. I said, four, five, six hundred maybe. And he goes, Jesus! like that and then he realizes obviously the moment he's talking to the god squad bloke and that's not what you do he goes jesus then he looks with horror in his eyes at me and goes oh god (laughs) you know it's a double whammy isn't it you know and i said yeah well that's that's the reason that people come it's because of jesus and then we have this amazing conversation where he starts to unpack about as a child, he went along to this church, and there was something of, about this Jesus, about this living God that gripped him. But you know, life happens, and you kind of move on, and, and it doesn't seem to quite feature all the time. But it is about Jesus. It's about Christ, the risen Christ. I, I don't know if you, like me, I have so appreciated all the hard work that our team, we have hundreds of volunteers who make something like this happen. I know you said it, Jim, but like the tech team, the people that made the videos, the musicians, the hosting team, the carper. I, I know it's kind of middle of the talk. I wonder if we could just little thanks to them. <laughs> Guys, we so appreciate all you've done. Yeah, un, unsung heroes. And as we've said around the globe today, people are seeking to make Jesus known. Sometimes it goes well, Sometimes it's less successful. I wonder if you put this next picture up. Maybe you can spot the deliberate mistake there, or accidental mistake. Rather than Christ is risen, this unfortunate church didn't quite get the words quite right. Chris is risen. I don't know about you, Chris has not done anything for me. I'm not going to publicly stand and testify to you how Chris has changed my life. If you are Chris, we're pleased you're here. I loved in that song where we sung and that clip of Billy Graham. In case you wondered who that, that black and white film we saw was a man called Billy Graham. He died last year. He preached and talked face to face to over two billion people on this planet about Jesus and the fact that Jesus Christ is risen. And this quote from him sums it up really. This is what Billy Graham said. If you can put the slide up, guys. An unopened grave would never have opened heaven. You see, without the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, there is no hope. The book of Corinthians talks about that. We, we are people without hope. But because Christ was raised from the dead, there's an empty tomb, an open grave. And that's meant now for you and for me there's an open heaven. There's a way that we can meet with the living God and come to know him.
He has risen. He has risen. That's what the angel said to the women. He has risen just as he said. And see, when you encounter Jesus, everything can change. Of course, you can resist Jesus like the religious authorities did, the people we heard on that video who poured scorn on him. Even the robbers either side of him were hurling abuse and swearing at him. You can resist Jesus, but so many people, when they encountered his love, were changed. We hear about lepers. A leper who came, fell at Jesus' feet, said, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And it says, Jesus, filled with compassion, reached out and touched the man and said, I am willing, be clean. And in that moment, his life was transformed by an encounter with Jesus. Or coming back to this Easter story, we heard on that video, there was an earthquake. It says actually in the Bible, there was a, a supernatural phenomenon. The, the sky darkened, even though it was, it was just in the middle of the afternoon. There was an earthquake. It says that in the temple, a curtain separating the ordinary people from the most holy place where the presence of God was. It says that curtain, when Jesus died, was torn from top to bottom, ripped in two, saying there's a way now you and I can enter into the presence of God. In those moments when the earth shook, the Roman soldiers were terrified, and then the centurion in charge and said, surely this man, talking about Jesus, was the Son of God. Changed in a moment by an encounter. Even before that, before Jesus finally gave up his last breath, those two robbers either side of him, cursing him, hurling abuse at him, something changed in a moment. One of them, I don't know, maybe it was when he heard Jesus say to those crucified, Father, forgive them, they do not know what they're doing. Well, they're on the cross and one of the robbers rebuked the other, said, we deserve to be here dying. And he turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And maybe in Jesus' final dying words to this man, he said this. He said, today, you will be with me in paradise. And you know that promise is for you? That today, you can know what it is to know the paradise of God, of God cleansing you from your sin, of being forgiven, of having his wonderful friendship and presence in your life. And he's just a prayer away. Do you know, Jesus isn't just for churchy types. I don't know what your perception is of us this morning, that you might think, oh yeah, you know, well, my relatives, they brought me along, but to be honest with you, I'd rather be playing golf or I'd rather, you know, this is your club. You do like, you know, God club, Jesus club. I'd rather do something else. You know, that's your thing. This, this, that's not my thing. Well, let me, let me say this. You see, Jesus didn't come for churchy people. He didn't come for religious types. Now, if, if you are religious, look, you are welcome. But he didn't come for those types. Earlier, in, in the, the room was packed in, in our first service. And uh, I've just finished an Alpha course. And part of Alpha, it's not only hearing some great talks on, on video, but there's a moment where we have like smaller groups where we sit around and drink coffee and chat. And it's a brilliant environment. And my whole alpha group came. There was like, I don't know, about a dozen of them. They're all sitting there. And when I mentioned them, they all went, whee! You know? <laughs> and, 
But it was brilliant because we had our last Alpha evening. It runs over a number of weeks. We had our last Alpha evening uh, last week or the week before. And uh, one of the girls there, she said, I won't name her, but she said, Do you know, I'm going to get baptized because Jesus has totally transformed my life since I started this course. I said, that's amazing. She said, when I get in that water to be baptized, the water's going to go black, you know. <laughs> I think that's a little indication of the sort of life that she has led. Another friend of mine who did a previous Alpha, who was here in the last service, she, when she was a guest on Alpha, she said when she told her friends that she was coming to the church, she said, whoa, I bet people have to be careful when you walk in, because fire's going to come down and burn you up because you were so bad. Look I, I, look, I don't know what you think of yourself, that you're not a churchy type. Look, you are, you are welcome here. Jesus didn't come for churchy types. He came to seek and save those that are lost. Let me illustrate it with this. Uh, you, you, Jim mentioned the magazine, the new magazine that we've got out. On that cover, this is, uh, and you can see on the screen, this is a, a really good friend of mine. His name is Dan, and his story is in here. Uh, I, I wrote the article, and I had some information on Dan. But one of the things that uh, I didn't realize, because Dan was uh, working overseas when, when I wrote the article, was... In the story, I mentioned that he was a, uh, a ski racer. He spent 12 seasons out in, in France in the Alps doing uh, skiing and snowboarding. And in, in uh, an email to me, he mentioned that he had three near-death experiences when he was doing that, just before he gave his life to Jesus. So when he got back, I met him for a coffee, and I said, come on, tell me, you know, what were those stories? And he said, well, I'll just tell you one of them. And, and this was it. He said that he was, he was uh, in, in, near Morzine, uh, which is in the French Alps, and he was snowboarding off-piste, and the sun was starting to go down. And he got to this part of the mountain that he, he knew his way down, and he realized as he got there, he was in, in a completely different part of the mountain range. He'd mistook it, and he got to this point where he was on the edge of a cliff, thousands of feet up. He couldn't go back. He couldn't go to either side. If you know anything about snowboarding, you know, or skiing, you've got to be so careful with one slip and you're gone. And he said that he really carefully, he was absolutely terrified, he really carefully undid the bindings on his snowboard and kind of tried to dig his heels in on this, on this steep slope. How would you feel in that moment? He said he was utterly terrified. Well, prior to that, he'd met some people who were Jesus followers, people that had a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, Christians. And they'd been telling him about this risen Jesus. He had no church background at all. In fact, there's a quote that, uh, that we put in the magazine. This is what he said. I was a lost soul. I'd done everything to excess trying to find my place in the world. Well, maybe that could describe you. He'd never been to church, and in that moment, he decided he was going to try and pray to this risen Jesus Christ. And he prayed and asked for God's help. And he said it was the weirdest thing, because he went from utter terror to complete peace. Not only that... But he went from having no idea what to do to this idea came into his head of how he could be saved. 
And the idea was this. He had his snowboard, and he threw it off the edge of the cliff. But he threw it, tried to throw it in such a way that rather than it landing flat and then sliding down the mountain, because he knew he could never get off the mountain without it, he threw it and prayed that it would land in the snow. And then he said he felt prompted to throw himself off the cliff. Well, you've got to know that God's speaking to you if you're going to do something like that. Bear in mind, Dan, my mate, he's not a religious type. He lived his life to excess. But in that moment, he's saying, you know, I haven't, I haven't got a way out of this through myself. I'm going to trust in Jesus. So he throws himself off the cliff, falls, and lands in a massive snowdrift in a gully. And he said that he landed, and about three feet away was his snowboard. And he got up and started praising God and jumping up and down. And he said, in that moment, that was the moment he said, Jesus, you're alive. What, what is the cliff that you're facing right now? What, what is the precipice? Is it a, a, an illness that you're carrying? A diagnosis? Is it a broken relationship? What, what, what is it? Is it that you actually are so successful, everything's going brilliantly, and yet you still feel hollow inside? The risen Jesus can speak to you. I love this quote from a guy called Judah Smith. You see, the, the good news of Jesus is good news for everyone. And this is what he says. He says it's good news. Jesus is good news for everyone. It's not just good news for people who are already good. I'm heartened by that. It's good news for those who are self-controlled and disciplined. It's, sorry, it's not just good news for those who are self-controlled and disciplined, who have all their ducks in a row. You know what I mean by that expression? It means your life's all sorted, your ducks are in a row. This is what he says. It's good news for people who can't even find their ducks. I love that. It's good news for people who can't even find their ducks. They haven't seen their ducks in years. Their lives are a mess, but they can come to Jesus and find instant acceptance. Religion says that obedience brings acceptance. The gospel teaches the opposite. Acceptance leads to obedience. Is, is that not good news? Well, we, many of us who've seen the news recently would have been saddened by what's happened in Paris, in Notre Dame Cathedral, and the tragic fire that happened there. But as we see this image of the firefighters trying to put out the blaze and that cross, you see, there's a moment in life when in amidst the the smoke and the carnage, the flames of whatever might be going on in your life, where do you know the cross shines bright and there's hope. In this next picture, you can see the aftermath of this, the cross over the rubble. But what, what, is, what is the rubble in your life? Is it you trying to make something of, of life and it not going well? Is it the regrets you might have faced? What, what is it for you? May you know today that the cross of Christ brings hope. In a moment, we're, we're going to respond, and I just 
wonder if the band uh, might just come up and get themselves ready. Let me, let me challenge you to consider this morning. Is this going to be it? Is this going to be it till Christmas when your friends ask you again or your relatives ask you again? Is it going to be, well, it's an interesting talk and I kind of feel like there's something in that, but honestly with you, I, I just, need, just need to go. Now, come on. Are you going to face the cross? It's like, it's like Christ going to the cross and looking into your eyes. What are you going to say to him as he goes to die for you? The Bible says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. 